this episode of Eva Talks, Denisa Palsha, Vogue Czechoslovakia writer, shares her working path and advice in life, from being a leading executive in corporate America to conquering the street style of major fashion weeks around the world, she embodies what a modern woman is all about. Denisa, welcome to Eva Talks. Thank you, Eva. I'm glad to be here. You make me blush with this amazing introduction. You've earned every piece of it, believe me. <laughs> Thank you. So I know you have a very busy schedule and I really thank you for your time today. Like I said at the beginning, we see you in the major fashion weeks around the world and your style is sought after everyone. So please, first of all, share with us your beginnings in fashion and the path to working for Vogue. Yes, yes. So it's an amazing story, you know, I still pinch myself. Um, so it all started with my mom. Actually, my mother was a costume designer, and so I grew up around the fabrics and, and amazing uh, pieces that she was creating. And she introduced me to fashion shows, really. And when I was growing up, there was a big um, program on CNN International, Style with Elsa Clash. I remember. And I've been addicted <laughs> to it. I've been waiting the whole week for the next episode. And I, I really think it was always, like every Sunday. It was every Sunday at noon. Mm -hmm. And I've been waiting from one to another one. Plus, we watched the shows. There was on a French TV with a satellite TV at the time. There were fashion shows and pieces of fashion shows kind of all around the year. So I was truly just around this the whole time. And I dreamt to be one day, you know, kind of like Elsa or being able to get the brains of the designers and find out how they do things. Um, in any case, the fashion journalism at those times did not really sort of exist in the country. I grew up in Czechoslovakia. And so I went very different path and kind of fast forwarding, um, uh, you know, getting us forward. Uh, I did get a chance to work in media um, on TV in a very young teens age, actually for five years. I had my own talk shows and I had to write my scripts and all that. So that sort of further developed the journalistic side of me. But then, then I put it on a back burner for a period of time. I went to a different pathway. I worked uh, in a corporate America and worked really as an executive, traveled around the world. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I realized that to de-stress and to really kind of feel relaxed and feel good, what gets me there is to, to look at fashion magazines and to read interviews. And not just the aesthetic side of looking at fashion, but really interviews, really understanding how people think and how they work, how they operate. And then something else happened, you know, a few years later, um, I went to swim fashion week in Miami, actually, where I lived at the time. And I got photographed by Mexico, Vogue Mexico photographer for a street style. Mm -hmm. And she told me, so where do I tag you? I said, I don't <laughs> have Instagram. So she said, so let's open. You, are you in fashion? And I said, uh, well, you know, I've always, in a way, I always had my mind in fashion, but I'm not really in fashion. She says, well, you have to get your style out. So I'm saying something else happened because I didn't really have awareness of how much of that, that, that fashion interest displayed through my style. And she really got me to it. She asked me to come to New York and Paris. I did. And, and a street style exploded for me. I got very fortunate. Um, there were days, I remember there were a particular look that I showed up and next day was published, you know, in 30 Vogue magazines around the world wow. online. And the, 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 the photographers came to me asking me, who are you? We don't understand who you are. <laughs> and so I realized it's sort of a time to really figure out what I'm going to do with all of this. I mean, there's something in me I want to get out, but there are really two components of it. There is one, there is this sort of a style, my own aesthetics that come from somewhere. And then there's the second part, which, you know, happened in a, in a fashion tense where I'm in the audience 
and when I'm watching this amazing work of designers and I'm hungry to find out how they got there. And so I would always watch the journalists that just run after the show and, and I kind of thought like, hmm, lucky them. Right. What's interesting <laughs> listening to you is that, you know, you grew up with fashion, but you also grew up with the story of the designers and the brands and mm -hmm. the clothing. So I think that there is a different path. You know, many people want to work in magazines. But not necessarily that was, you know, you dreamed of one day being Elsa, yes. yeah. you know, in CNN. But you were more curious. Yes. And, of course, you had that natural style and you really stand out. I mean, let's just say that you. you're tall, you know, oh, well, a benefit. Quite, but thank you, you are tall and the short hair, <laughs> you know, with the bangs and you look out like out of a movie. I mean, you're going to stand out. And then is your style and who you are as a person. You really enjoy fashion. Yes, I do. I mean, it's my DNA, you know, it's the way I communicate. It's my language, really. Um, I express myself and I've been always very bold about expressing myself. And you're nice, oh, which is you. always wonderful. <laughs> you're always smiling, which is really your DNA. So, you know, everybody, you, you also came in a moment where there was a street style phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So with your style, with your curiosity of everything that's happening, I mean, it was just the right timing for it everything. It was. I think it was. I'm very fortunate, you know, and I, I credit actually to a lot of my success to a number of various people and, and circumstances too, because street style photographers definitely push the envelope. I mean, once they get to know you, they want to see more, they publish your looks. Right. Uh, certainly, um, I mean, I've met a lot of fantastic people throughout just getting to the shows, designers, but people behind the scenes. And this is what I always wanted to get to. I wanted to understand behind the scenes. So I realized it's not just about aesthetics. I wanted to really educate myself about the field. And, and that's why I guess I always had that curiosity to be at the shows, but also understand just the thinking process and, uh, and the whole business aspect of it, to understand what fashion is sort of more holistically, not just right. the aesthetic component of that. And then, you know, that I, I guess there was a, maybe a very happy coincidence that essentially Vogue Czechoslovakia opened last summer. And uh, I got introduced to editorial team through my friend Karolina Kurkova. Uh, the world is small, I always <laughs> laugh, and in fashion, even smaller. And uh, it was a sort of instant uh, hit. We, I got an assignment, it went very well, and the rest is a history. So, uh, but it's a, it's, yeah, I'm very writing, And you're writing, and you're writing. And I'm writing, yeah. Interesting part is that you are doing something for Vogue that is very natural to you. It's just, yes. it's not that you're just, you know, covering things for Vogue or telling them where the story is. You're actually going there, yeah. you're experiencing, you're really learning. You have that natural curiosity, which is amazing. So how has the industry evolved since you started? Because it seems like in the last five years, everything has happened. I feel like we've gone through uh, an evolution, a revolution. I feel Absolutely. like it's been like 30 years. I, I feel exactly the same way. It definitely has been a revolution and it's a social media revolution that I think that's changed everything in fashion. And it changed everything as well for me. Um, you know, I mean, when I got into uh, sort of the street style and the fashion trends and all this, I, I've started to work as a blogger too. And that turned into an influencer work because then brands started to come and approach me. Do you want to wear my hat? Do you want to wear my purse? And this all happened because I became a person on social media. Right. Uh, people know me through the social media. So there's a lot of responsibility also, you know, the image that we display through social media. But what I want to uh, go back to is where I see sort of the, the amazingness of that and how it impacted fashion is that 
what really truly truly uh, uh, shocks me how that happened and how fast it happened is that you know the brands that the high sort of end luxury brands used to market to very affluent women of certain age that could afford their product just a few years ago mm-hmm. and now you look at uh, the magazine and there is a major campaign of Chanel with a girl that has a ring in her nose and you know <laughs> colored hair and it's a pubescent girl with the tattoos and that's a reality so I think that social media expanded clientele tremendously and expanded the customer base for the brands and the brands know it and own it and go after it and and great uh, and certainly for us for influencers uh, it just it just allows us to certainly broaden our outreach and an impact right so it's it's truly it's been phenomenal you, you speak of being an influencer and there is this you know this entire vision of people where even if somebody's an influencer they don't like being called an influencer um, and I always think that if you have influence like you do you know people follow you they like your style you influence them I mean at the end of the day you do those things for people that can't go to the shows yes right yes and that they are out there dreaming of Yes. Well, there are that little Denise. Yes, Denise that's exactly dream. right. You got it. And you know, this is this is exactly actually why I actually wanted to get back to that sort of journalistic side of me. And that's why I mentioned the TV work before is because I really wanted to bring the reality of the fashion, the fashion weeks and everything around me to the little Denise that's out in Czechoslovakia. And I understand where these girls are coming from and what they don't have access to. And I want to inspire them and I want them to be able to feel what I feel as much as I can. So, you know, at the end, the definition means nothing. I mean, it's the purpose and what you're doing. Going back to to magazines and publishing, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to people that want to go into that industry? Because now it's like, you know, magazines, all magazines are dead, you know. They're, They're not relevant anymore. Or, you know, what they envision their work in a magazine may not necessarily be what the magazine needs. Mm Yes, Share exactly. your thoughts with us. Yes, so I would just say, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm a very realistic person. It's a business like any other, and it's a tough place to succeed in. And I like for people to know what they're going into and be really ready to roll up your sleeves and do three, four jobs, maybe that are not in your job description. I mean, magazines, people have to really do a lot to survive in magazines, and you have to have a thick skin and be ready for anything. So. Um, it is certainly a tough field, but it's a very exciting field too. I mean, right. if you love it, if you if you have it in you, it shouldn't be enough. And it doesn't <laughs> matter where you project that that knowledge or that talent that you may have. You know, I remember when people used to tell me, and even now, you know, magazines, the print magazines. I'm like, you know, things are going to exist as long as they have to exist. Exactly. Nothing forces, nothing is being forced on anyone. But there's a beauty to it and it's funny because many of the people that say that print doesn't have a weight they really want to appear in the magazine absolutely i see it in <laughs> interviews you know when i talk to a publicist of various celebrities that we talk to the first question is it print or is it online and the question is well of yeah. course right <laughs> oh i want both <laughs> <laughs> and there's something beautiful about having a magazine i mean whether yeah. or not it's sold so that would be an evolution of its own yeah. but you also have to be very realistic that you're not going to go into a magazine or any business mm-hmm. and you're going to give your opinion. I remember having somebody ask me for advice uh, because they had worked on, on a peer company and her problem was that she had given some ideas and they hadn't 
praised her or mm-hmm. gone through them. And I was a bit shocked that I was being told this story. I'm like, what, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, do you expect applause? <laughs> I mean, don't go into life thinking like that. So yeah. it's, prob- it's mostly what you're saying. Like, when you work, you have to be on time. Oh, yeah. You have to be ready. You have to be on the go. You have to do your research. And they may pay you the same amount of money. Absolutely. That's not gonna get, what's going to give legacy. So what is the biggest misconception of working in fashion? Because you are yeah. an executive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so many times when you work in fashion and you are you know, wearing the clothes mm-hmm. and looking fabulous and the makeup, there is this thing that maybe you're not that smart oh, or you're yes. frivolous. <laughs> and then you're like, well, I work in corporate America. And they're like, okay, where do you come from? Yes, exactly. So share yeah. with us a little bit those misconceptions you've lived through. Absolutely. So, you know, I think people also think about fashion as an artistic discipline and maybe just an artistic discipline where designer has a lot of space to just do whatever they want, uh, just to get their creativity out. And I look at it as a business because I am a business person. And it is a business, right? So at the end of the day, I, I just, I'm actually impressed with, with what an amazing business it is and how many disciplines have to come together in addition to designer to make it work. And, you know, every brand has to have their strategy and business plan every year and then the long-term plan and their vision and their mission and they have to really stick to it. And a designer essentially has to work within those boundaries and adapt to trends out there and to where the where the social media are, what the market research looks like, what the whether the brand is selling or not, but also sticking to all of those business plan and strategies that are set up by business people. So there's a lot of restrictions for a designer. There's not actually that much freedom as we think. And and that's where the genius of the designer come, that they can really fit to that and make sure that the brand survives and that aesthetically delivers to the customer and, and appeals and it creates the revenue. So I really uh, think that the biggest misconception is the gap between, oh, it's just an art, the guy gets to do whatever he wants because he's lucky, and the true aspect of how many parameters they have to fit into to get their work success, successful, right. to make it a success. So yeah. it's, it's challenging because they probably can't identify seeing you, you know, with Camila Coelho on mm-hmm. Paris Fashion Week, you know, with all these bright colors, because you're not like a black and white person. You're uh-huh. more into the color theme, yes. the bold prints, and suddenly you're like sitting down with you and you start talking your terminology and your business acronyms and you're like, okay, wait a second, <laughs> who are you? And, and, and I think that must be very surprising to people. I mean, you love this. Yes. But it shouldn't define, people judge us when we come from fashion. Absolutely. No, exactly. You know, it's really funny because I was talking with a Chanel executive who has a very sort of similar pathway, but within Chanel in terms of progression from various roles all the way up to the top to be head of the big department. And so that's what I do, but in a different industry, and I can talk about it in a second. And, you know, she, she told me, oh, my goodness, when she found out, you need to get it out there. This is yes. what people want to hear about you. <laughs> you need to, you, you're going to appeal to so many more people. And, you know, for me, it's not a matter of who I appeal to or not appeal to. But the reality is, you know, I tremendously value education. I've been always raised to, to go uh, for the top. Uh, and for the to reach for the excellence really in everything I do and then certainly the the area that I went to at my sort of a <laughs> teenhood when a decision came for college I went to medicine at the time and I evolved to be a pharmaceutical executive 
and I worked at every level for a number of years. I never really cut corners. I kind of paid my dues at every step of the, of the role or professional sort of a pathway. I am a head of department of a, of a very large department with hundred and some people and I, I love my life. I love it. I absolutely they, love and, it. But they give you flexibility to be able to do this. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I am actually in a company that really values uh, that people can have their personal passions and the time for themselves. And it is, it is Which I think is very important uh, now yes. in, in the corporations. So the message realistically is that if you work for a pharmaceutical company, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have style. Of right? course, yeah, And if you, are ha- if you work in fashion, it doesn't mean that you don't have brains. Exactly. So those misconceptions have to be eliminated. Yeah. Because for both, it's like, you know, you should be yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I work with women that are, you know, heads of groups and they're fabulous in what they do or they may be a phenomenal content leader, director, senior director, VP, whatever. And I asked them, where did you get that? So I'm still learning even, right? I mean, I'm learning from my colleague about some of the style tips and vice versa. And I, I just think that certainly judgment should go away when, when it comes to one field or another. Somebody recently asked me, uh, this person works in a company in Latin America. And, you know, she's at a junior level, mostly almost almost head of the of a very small department so I would say junior level mm-hmm. and she was telling me that most of the executives are men so most of the people that she has to present yeah. ideas are men and because of her age and because of inexperience and although she has done great things sometimes it's it's challenging how do you um, you know surpass those moments mm-hmm. how do you yeah. not get affected yes no so yeah. thinking of people like that knowing your self-confidence and knowing what you've gone through what advice would you give women like that yes so I am a I am a huge supporter of women leaders um, I think you know I think in general if you are great in what you do I was very fortunate to really see that and experience that in in US um, doesn't matter if you're men or woman, you will be listened to. If you're really, really top-notch expert in whatever you do, you can be in a boardroom, one woman and 10 men, and they will listen to you. So I don't really ever take that as an obstacle. Luckily, I am in the environment where the company is actually very much values the balance. So we, we have a very concerted effort around balancing the teams of executives always to be women and men, because there is definitely something to learn from both sides, how we view things, right? There might be some differences there. But I've never, never had that issue. And in fact, in some environments, I did operate exclusively among men. And again, I think that it's your expertise and your, your confidence. Knowledge sort of coupled together that speak for yourself. Right, it's what you know and how you how present you it. it. Right. Can you get it out there? Can you communicate effectively? Right. So look at yourself, not the environment. Exactly. Right. Great advice. So let's talk now about your, how you balance your work life, your personal life. I mean, I have to tell you, I follow you on Instagram, big admirer, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, where is she now? And she's looking fabulous. And I'm just really, and you have a child and a husband and a work. And I'm thinking on this morning, it took me an hour to blow dry my hair <laughs> and I did my makeup and I still look like, I mean, it's not really working. Oh, okay, so spill, spill it. How do you manage? First of all, 
having a happy home, yes. which means happy husband, yes. happy, happy child, child, happy Denisa. Absolutely. So, you know, I haven't gotten to blow dry my hair today <laughs> at all. So that's just my starting point. Right. My little boy woke up at six o'clock and said, mommy, let's play. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that I mastered uh, balance yet. I don't have enough hours in the day. I like to do things, but I will say what it takes. And this is my learning from the maybe corporate executive type of work. I've learned how to work very well in a planned uh, scheme, right? So I try to plan my days as best as I can. Of course, there are exceptions to that, especially with the three-year-old. Uh, divide the time with my husband, um, who's in charge when. Of course, we get some help as well. But um, I think the key for me is that I compartmentalize. So I, when I'm with the family, I'm with the family. When I'm at work, that's my time at work. I don't take calls at 7 p.m. unless there are emergencies and my people really need me. But I don't, you know, bug people with my emails and solicit their answers after hours so they don't feel like that. And then when I am doing my creative work and my fashion work, that's what I do and, and nothing else comes in the way. So I really try to allocate the time and be present in what I do at any given moment. And I think that helps me to keep my sanity together and happy home. And happy home. And you have a supportive husband. I have very Because I think yes. that that yeah. is the key to yes. everything. But it's also your attitude. Because I, I see you that you're always very professional when you write emails, when you can't make mm -hmm. something, you the follow-up. I mean, you're really on top of your game. I mean, I try to, obviously, do my best. Now, I do have to give credit to my husband. He's my biggest supporter, my biggest fan. He's a very creative person himself, so he has a very serious job and very phenomenally artistic outlet. So I think that we're a good match in that regard. And, you know, it takes two to tango, so I have to give credit Absolutely. to you. So what is the most important lesson you have learned in life? Wow. Uh, so there are so many uh, important lessons. I guess there are maybe a couple that I would highlight. First is that if you are in the middle of the time period, which is not good, because we've all been there, right? We right. all go through ups and downs. I mean, yes. everybody has it, whether it's sickness, whether relationship, whether breakup, whether whatever, right? Whatever stage of life, whoever you are, everything will pass. So don't get that to take you back, to remove you out from following your dream, from really keeping yourself, believing in yourself, you know, people told me I had a very, very unfortunate event of sickness in a family with my mom earlier this year, and it happened during Fashion Week, and, and I felt that it was time to remove myself and be there. And, and those are the moments when you just need to do what you need to do, right? So, but you know that it's going to pass. And, so, don't, and don't give up. Exactly. Don't give up. And you know, it, the, the bright day will always come. I promise it will always come in every situation. So always continue. I mean, face oh, your realities, yeah. plan reorganize yeah. change the path see yes. what you have to adjust but don't batter yourself because yes. then that's so destructive okay so what you just said everybody should just write it down and just <laughs> place it somewhere and look at it once in a while most definitely what person has had the most influence in your life my mom my mom is just uh, my everything uh you know she's She's, uh, I don't even know where to begin and where to end. And well, I'm going to say that if I'm 30% of what she was, then I'm happy. Uh, she's just uh, taught me everything. And it's not just about fashion, obviously, but she is the reason for me being who I am. Um, she's taught me how to make the right decisions. She's raised us without help of my father. They were not together and she had a lot of health issues throughout her life and she's been always there for us. We were her priority with my brother and, um, and I think it shows. She's, she's taught me that I always and always should follow my dream. 
And if I truly want to reach something, I have to do every day one step towards it. And I should kind of audit myself against <laughs> did I really do it? Right. And why not? And just truly go after my goals. And she really always taught me to to aim for excellence in everything. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful for everything to my mom. Which is beautiful. What is the one thing that no one knows about you? So I think, you know, hopefully, <laughs> at least my <laughs> husband, my mom, I'm very transparent with the closest ones in the family. So right, but the one thing that you could share, yes, exactly. you know, because we all have our own Definitely. secrets that Definitely. we want to keep, right? So um, I'm not sure if it's a secrets, uh, but I think that what a lot of people don't know about me is this sort of a wild combination of, of various things that I that I did and I feel that I still am. So, you know, I am a, who am I? I'm a medical doctor trained, believe it or not, which is a business executive, which is a broadcaster. I have a really decent background in broadcaster and, and it's a fashion personality. And so it's a confusing to some people, but I, I mean, I'm very happy, very grateful for every piece of it. And um, I'm, you know, I am who I am because of all of these various things I, happening. Right, I think it confuses people because they're used to something there is you know there's a behavior that we've been taught mm -hmm. you have to get married you have to have a child you have to have one job you have to focus you can't diversify into yeah. too many things and they feel that you're doing so many things you're not doing anything right but because that is their perspective not because that's what exactly. you cannot do so you're an example to a lot of people now if somebody wants to follow your path they need to wake up early they need to have an agenda they need to plan ahead i mean don't listen to the part of the podcast that you like. Exactly. Listen to the entire podcast a couple of times. <laughs> you can avoid my voice, fine. But you need to listen to the things that you just told us. They are the key to being able to do all those things because Absolutely. they don't come along. And then your genetics, you know, your formulation. Yeah, clearly too, yeah. And I think, you know, for me, uh, I mean, this is not a secret. It's, it, the hard work is everything. I really do believe in hard work. Hard work pays. And and hard work that then leads to excellence gets you recognized. So you don't actually have to worry whether you get promoted or whether you get, I don't know where, people will handpick you and put you into places if you're great in what you do. Right. What is next for you? So that's a great question. Uh -huh. uh, I actually don't know what's next for me, but I will say that, um, so obviously I want to still reach a, a, a top level of excellence in my writing. Uh, and my work with magazine, which I tremendously enjoy. Uh, but I had a few people talking, trying to talk me back to some element of broadcasting, fashion broadcasting. I'd be, I'd be open to think about it, but there is uh, still more thought. That, I, uh, I can see you. Well, you don't never give up on the dream of being Elsa. That's it. On CNN style, <laughs> uh, your idol. And I can perfectly see you. You know, there is a necessity for content like that. Oh, I'm so happy to hear. <laughs> I, I, I can see you. I mean, just invite me when you're there. I mean, not self-imposing, but of course. I'm, I'm, well, I'm self-inviting myself to. Uh, You'll yeah, be the first one. I'm invited when I'm there. How about Thank that? You. So I always end the podcast by, you know, yes, you can, which is my motto, and it's a very simple one. It's not nothing unique, but I kind of speak of if you if you work hard, which is not what you know the the, the you know the solution or um, the secret to many of the things that you might want in life. But it's, it's an integral part of it. If you have passion, mm -hmm. you can make anything happen. So yes. what is yes you can for, for yes. you? So first of all, you know, can do attitude is everything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't be where I am in life. It is yes you can, this motto is essentially, my, my, my life is picture of it. 
Uh, it's, it's just a series of yes you can's that happen. But um, you know, I became in my leadership role um, uh, as an executive, I became very fortunate to manage people and to, to be their leader and to mentor people. And what I tell them all the time is you truly control your destiny. Absolutely 100%. You don't have to worry about you know, whether I have this role or this role. You put yourself to assignment. Come to me and ask me that you want to develop yourself in whatever that I don't have here. I'll create it for you. And if you succeed, we'll create a role for you. And so you control your destiny. And if with that yes can attitude and just sort of driving forward and your own leadership, you can absolutely get wherever in life you want. So I absolutely believe in it. I've experienced it. And, um, and I think you know, my life is really sort of reflection of that theme. Well, it's a beautiful story. And we need part two, so we talk a little <laughs> bit more about the entrepreneurial side because I think there's a lot of uh, you know advice that you can share in terms of leadership and managing people that can also apply to fashion. Oh, I'd love that. And give advice. So, so stay tuned for part two. Oh, thank you. Of course, we need to continue <laughs> sharing the story, and you're such a great communicator. So I congratulate you. You're an amazing person, a great human being, really kind, generous. You answer everyone, and that's why you are where you are, and that's why you connect with people, because you're authentic. So, Denisa, thank thank you. you so much. Thank you, Emma. Honor being here. Thanks a lot.